Hi guys, welcome to episode three of Save Your Sorry, where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Jose. Joining me is my co-host, Katrina Rochelle. What's up? Sometimes when a celebrity does not have much of a scandal or a lot of info around them, we do end up doing two episodes. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, today, I'm going to start with Neve, and then later on, you'll get to learn who Katrina's doing. Yeah, secrets. <laughs> so I'm doing Yaneve Schulman, more famously known as Neve from Catfish. Yes. Are you a fan of Neve? Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say he's somebody I could be a fan of. I mean, I do support the cringe content of Catfish, though. Yes, I kind of love Catfish, where it's just a mindless show to watch. There's, I mean, you don't have to be that invested. Mm-hmm. As long as you see the last 10, 15 minutes, you cool. Yeah, you did the first beginning part, and then you did the last part, and it's just, it's satisfying. I got most of this information from Neve's memoir in real life and from an article from Doctor by Jordan Sargent called Neve from Catfish was kicked out of college after punching a woman. Mm. Neve was born September 26, 1984. That makes him a Libra. I'm also a Libra. Um, you also punch people? <laughs> no, I'm not also punching people. But okay, let's, I know. Let's I don't make know. sure. I don't know if I should be celebrating that, but Libras. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he has one older brother and he was kind of born off to a well-off family in New York. Growing up, he was kind of a problem child. He had a lot of energy and that was partially due to him being diagnosed with ADHD, but also just being a spoiled rich kid. I debated and went back and forth with putting this early information of his life because people do change. And this is all stuff from his book that he admitted. And I didn't want it to seem like I was attacking him or reaching for information or using his words against him. But I well, decided, he admitted it, though. Yeah. I just decided to include this information for two reasons. One, this podcast talks about the rise and fall of celebrities. And these are just facts. So listeners can do with this information with what they please. And two, when we get into the more serious allegation, I kept seeing comments online with people saying, oh, Neve would never do that. And just because we see one thing on camera does not mean another thing could not be true. Exactly. That's what I always always feel like yeah so in fourth grade he got kicked out of private school for cussing out his principal that was kind of his start off as a little problem child mm. and when he was a freshman in high school he got suspended from school because he got a condom from the restroom like from one of those dispensers and he was flashing around class from there, he started stealing DVDs, clothes, and he even stole a Wi-Fi card from his teacher's desk in senior year. They ended up tracing that back to him, and he wasn't allowed to go to his graduation, but he still got his diploma. This was... I know this man was a low-key little crook. Yeah, and I mean, he admits this is like the opening of his book, so it's not like something he's hidden from people. It's just his past. Like uh, his diploma, like this is uh, middle school, high school type stuff? Yeah, doing? this right now, we're at his high school. Mm, okay, okay. His senior year. This was all before he was 18, so we can't really hold on to these things. I think when Mm -hmm. people talk about cancel culture and when they try to make it into a bad thing, it's like stuff like this. Like you can't really bring that up against someone because it was years ago and he has grown from it. Exactly. You got to look at the age and what they're doing. Yeah. His mom got him into Sarah Lawrence, which is a college. 
And he was still uh, kind of being a spoiled rich kid. Yeah, he was legally an adult, but he's a college kid. Between 2002 to 2005, he trashed three vehicles. And he says he was selling weed and mushrooms. You know, just regular college shit. He yeah, got man. This man was living life dangerous. Why do always the people with money always want to be low-key criminals? I never understand that. <laughs> I think it's just boredom, really. It must be, bro. Oh, my. Okay, I'm sorry. He says he got revenge on someone he calls an enemy who he thought slashed his tires on his motorcycle. So he stole the stuff from the guy's closet and used a fire extinguisher in there. He says he felt bad, so he returned his stuff in trash bags, and he begged the guy not to press charges. <laughs> Again, this is all from Neve's own book. Like, so nothing he's hidden or anything. Um, he also broke into the Sarah Lawrence school kitchen with some friends and put condoms between lunch meats and pooped in the cereal dispenser. Oh, that's fucking disgusting. Too far. <laughs> as disgusting as food. that is, I don't <laughs> think it's anything that really hurt his future career. Yeah, it just hurt my fucking feelings. Yeah, <laughs> especially the cereal. I remember in college, I loved the cereal dispensers. I re- that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about us going in there and just, uh, dun, dun, bowful shit. What? <laughs> and then you got soy milk. <laughs> How's that? You eating a bowl full of shit with soy milk? No, don't bring the soy milk into it. But I want to point out, this is, again, he was a college kid. I feel like if someone would point out, you know, in anyone's life, like, when I was 19, I was a mess, you know, partying with my number one priority and uh-huh. would not want someone to judge me for that for my blackout days. Yes. And I'm sure Neve doesn't want someone to judge him for that. Well, he doesn't have you. Me. <laughs> also, Neve talked briefly about going to therapy. So, I mean, these are things he could have worked on. 2006, after taking a year break from Sarah Lawrence, Neve is now 21. This is where the first kind of scandal comes into play that we're haunting him later. Neve is back at Sarah Lawrence taking pictures of a party called the Sleaze Ball. According to Neve, he's taking pictures and out of nowhere, he's tackled and the strap that is around his neck connected to the camera starts choking him. He doesn't really know what's going on, but he just starts punching the person. It was only after he realized it was a woman. This result this resulted in the expulsion of Neve. The victim's version is a little different, though. Yeah, let's hear this other version. <laughs> she says Neve was taking pictures of same-sex couples kissing. She didn't like that. She tapped his shoulder and was telling him he couldn't do that. And he just started punching her. Damn. And the doctor article, they interviewed some people that attended the sleaze ball that day, and their stories more aligned to the victim saying she grabbed his camera and he started punching her. Mm, because I'm thinking, bro, he said, he said, out of nowhere, I was tackled. Um, I was getting choked by my camera strap and it turned me blind and I just started hitting motherfuckers. <laughs> like, no, come on, me. You, you Just because you was fake getting choked on me, you just could not see anything. I didn't see no titties or nothing. I was just punching. I mean, he did say that she had like, you know, the shortcut hair and he did not know it was a woman at first. She's one of those lesbianas. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lesbian woman. (laughs) I tried to take a picture of her, but she was too fast. She tackled me first. (laughs) 
That's terrible, though. I'm glad. I mean, he deserved to get expelled, but you you hear about, we didn't hear about this for a while, I'm guessing. Yeah, there is a Sarah Lawrence Live Journal that I found off Reddit. People link to it a lot around the around the time allegations started coming out. And you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's just some college kids commenting. And do you know what Sarah, not Sarah, do you know what live journals are? Uh, a vague idea. I kind of remember. Well, really, it's just like college kids asking, do you know so-and-so's number? What happened at this, you know, at the college campus? So it's about Sarah Lawrence and they're talking about what happened. Mm, okay. So on April 30th, 2006, they're asking about the sleaze ball and saying, hey, what happened? I heard someone got arrested or there was a fight. And someone commented that it was Neve. They spelled his name wrong, though. And again, this was in 2006 before he was famous or anything. So they okay. were just like kind of trashing him. <laughs> they, you know, they were saying, I don't know if he goes here. He does go here. He just came back. But someone said, and yes, or this is a quote. And yes. This kid was supposedly caught in the act of rape. I remember him being the rich kid that drove two cars, a motorcycle around campus, which someone slashed the tires of, end quote. Oh, well, and this was posted before the catfish, you know, fame shit? It was April 30th, 2006. And I mean, you can find it if you want. Um, it's, it's grain of salt, yes. That's that where, is yeah. kind of weird. I you have to take weird. it with a grain of salt. I, it's like a game of telephone where stuff can be made up, exaggerated. Yeah. But I think t- this goes to show his image at the school wasn't the highest. And in my opinion, the only reason it holds little water is because I saw this comment before I read his book. And when he mentioned his motorcycle's tires being slashed in the book, my jaw hit the floor because I'm like, well, this does have something like, you know, there's a little truth to it. it yeah, it might be. It, it's weird that you... You admitted to that, and then back in 06 or oh whatever, somebody has this particular fact of that in there. I don't know. You can't say that. Yeah, he he. Did yeah, that. there. But it is like you was already on. <laughs> you was already on some bullshit. You punching people. <laughs> you apparently um, taking pictures of same sex couples. So you know, people I want to- probably didn't already like you, so they had no problem writing whatever they heard about you online. There is no other mention of rape around that time. So I don't know if this person could have been confusing him with someone else or just heard something wrong. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not a credible source. So I don't want that to be the main takeaway, but I don't want to hide it either. That's true. I got you. So four years later in 2010, the Neve everyone knows and loves is the subject of a documentary called Catfish, um, where he falls in love with a woman who end up catfishing him, which just means if the listeners out there don't know what catfish means. It's luring, it's luring someone into a relationship with a fake online persona. So you're not who you say you are. You're usually using fake pictures. Two years later in 2012, Catfish, the TV show appears and it's a popular show. Neve is the host and he helps people find out if they're being catfished or not. For the most part of his career as the host, it is scandal free. Yeah, the catfishes themselves. Like, I know they they exploited me. They did this yet. No scandals. I mean, there's there's not. Yeah. The production ain't on no weird, creepy stuff, because you can't say that for a lot of these other production companies behind these reality shows. Yeah, there's not much of that at this point. Mm -hmm. 
2014, this is when the 2006 Sarah Lawrence scandal resurfaces. And Neve owns up to it and it blows over. I mean, I don't feel like a lot of people really heard of that scandal. I don't think. Yeah, I heard about it when it happened. But then again, I kind of wasn't really on Neve. So it wasn't like I was already supporting them. And it didn't really hurt Catfish. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Catfish. I thought Catfish, when Catfish first came out, I thought it was going to be like a few seasons. And they are not playing. They have found every other way for this show to still be on. Yeah. Even with COVID, I mean, there's episodes with it being all online now. And why the hell are y'all still, bro? If you, <laughs> I, if y'all don't take y'all's that, bro, I can't even say how I feel about some of these catfish. <laughs> we just need to make a oh podcast God. about reviewing catfish episodes oh because there's so <laughs> much. <laughs> and that's why you shouldn't have called me a fat ass Kelly Price. That, like, yes. Oh, damn. I think that's the number one episode that people know or oh. at least seen. Um, in 2016, the hashtag Black Girls Rock is trending on Twitter. Neve tweets, Black Girls Rock. I totally agree. They also tend to catfish a lot. Just saying. <gasps> I don't. <laughs> I remember that dumbass tweet. <laughs> it's not funny, but I do remember him. Like, why do <laughs> people can't have a moment? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Neve was just trying to be funny or was just trying to promote catfish, but. It did not sit right with people. And I mean, obviously, there's a good reason why it shouldn't sit right with people. But he later apologized. And I don't think, I mean, he obviously got some hell over it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. anything that major. Yeah. My baby don't look like no catfish. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, well, either way, bitch. <laughs> So in May 12, 2018, Aisha Morgan, who appeared in Catfish in 2015, posted a video on YouTube saying that Neve was making inappropriate comments towards her while they were filming. She claims it started with just excessive comments. And then from there, he was texting her and commenting on her Instagram pic saying meet in his hotel room. Mm. She refers to Neve as Jack in the video, which is kind of weird. And she never really gave a reason why she was giving him a fake name. Also, she never says catfish in the video. It's just something once you notice it, it's kind of odd that she's saying all these things, but she's not like saying it's Neve. She's calling him Jack, but everyone knows she's talking about Neve. I'm confused. Yeah, like. What is the point of calling him Jack? There's no yeah. point in it. So everybody knew she was talking about him. Yes. In the video where she's talking about him, she doesn't talk about him. She says there's a main guy, Jack. And then she's, I think she calls Max John. And maybe it, she really didn't want everybody to know who it was yet, but everybody just figured it out. But I think the video was called My Catfish Story or something. Oh, yeah. Well, then, yeah, that does kind of make it a little weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Aisha is a lesbian and she says Neve was telling her, You're not a lesbian. And have you ever been where a man and saying that he had a big dick and he would, quote, tear her ass up? The video is no longer up, but I watched it on Raiden Wolf's YouTube channel and she gives her opinion on Aisha's body language and plays the video. 
Aisha goes on to say a producer on the show who she calls Carol was hanging out with her in her hotel room. And she brought some like big beer cans or a bottle, just some big beers and told Aisha, let's go to back to Carol's room. Since she said Aisha only had one bed in her hotel room. And it would be weird if they fell asleep there because she only had one bed. Um, when she arrives at Carol's room, she notices it only has one bed, which is weird because that was the whole reason of going there. And she says the beers start hitting her and she doesn't say she says she doesn't want to say that she was drugged or roofied, but she thinks she was. Or maybe it was just because the beers were big. Um, she ends up having sex with Carol. And later when Neve hears about it, he like has her go to his hotel room and says, do you want to cuddle? She says, no. And he says, do you want to do what you did with Carol or show me what you did with Carol? Oh, no. And she says, no. And she ends up leaving the hotel room. I was not interaction. Sounds crazy. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, it is weird if it did happen. I was not there. So I'm not going to comment if I believe Aisha was telling the truth or not. But I am going to point out a little inconsistencies in her story. Okay. At one point, she's talking about Neve texting her and commenting on her Instagram pics, you know, saying, come meet me in my room. And she says she has screenshots of it at that time. And then at another time, she says her phone was broke and she was feeling lonely. So I don't know how she can take screenshots and be texting if her phone's broke. Um. The screenshots were never posted, and I didn't see any evidence of the Instagram Instagram comments. I mean, Neve's a public figure. Like, people would notice if he was commenting on her pictures. That's what I was thinking. Like, I thought she was hopefully just misspoken, was talking about DMs. But in the comments, you know, some usually people are quick to get a celebrity on a screenshot. Yes. And she said it was around 3 a.m. And she said her friends were texting her saying, what's going on? Why isn't he commenting this? So if she, her friends allegedly saw it. Why didn't other people see it? Hmm. Um, and the whole Carol thing, she said when she went to Carol's room. The only she told her was because there was two beds. But earlier in the video, Aisha said her hotel room had two beds. So she could have misspoke. But I mean, the story doesn't add up. Another couple things in the beginning, she just keeps saying, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for the money. I have money. I have a job. I have this so much money in my bank account. It, it just seems a little excessive where she's trying to convince us that she's not doing it for the money. Gotcha. And- <laughs> The main kicker for me is she ends up cutting the video in two parts. And before she says, you know, the whole story, she stops and then it enters like it's a black screen and it says 500 comments for part two or 500 likes for part two. Which, yeah, it kind of ruins her credibility there. Something's that back up her story, though. She does have pics with Neve in the hotel room. And I mean, it's just like innocent pics, but he does seem very close to her. Max is in the pictures at first, but then it kind of shows like he's about to walk out the hotel door. So he could have left and they could have been alone. Um, A year before it came out, I guess there was like an episode and Aisha commented, this is fake. Like the episode was fake because she said the people got on there to just you know, just for fame. And Mm -hmm. so a producer named Jill 
on Facebook was like, hey, you can't post this. So Aisha got mad and blocked her. And Jill ended up emailing her and she's like, hey, you don't have to block me. I'm just letting you know you can't post that. And Aisha's like, ends up telling her, oh, well, I wasn't mad about that. I was mad about Carol raping me. She says in the emails raping. And Jill's like, I'm so sorry. I did not know that. Some people say the emails look fake. I don't know if they look fake or not. Um, I also find it odd because in the video, she says she's not going to say that Carol drugged her. But in the emails, she said Carol raped her. I don't know why she's focusing more on Neve. If a rape did happen between Carol and Aisha, why put more of the focus on Neve, who said, who sexually, I mean, it's still bad. Sexual harassment's bad. Mm-hmm. But why put the focus on him instead of Carol? It it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. It sounds like a whole clusterfuck. Yeah. I mean, nope. No pun intended, but yeah, it sounds like it's a lot going on in that story. Yeah. And I just watching SVU, you know, Law and Order SVU, the just because she's not a credible witness does not make it not true. That is a hundred percent true. She could be telling the truth in it and and she just has bad inconsistencies that I mean it, it really does happen, unfortunately. People don't have the best memory, people do get anxious. People sometimes end up trying to punch up the story, but they end up doing it in the wrong way. But it's, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not true. And it was but three you, years you later when she came forward. So it could be, you, you know, know, she's remembering something's wrong. But in the public opinion's eyes, in my opinion, not my opinion, but like the public opinion's eye, they are, they think Neve's innocent. I don't really know either which way. Um MTV also, they went on hiatus when the allegations first came out, and then they closed the investigation and resumed Catfish. Yeah, because um, they, they, I guess they didn't find anything, so they were okay. Which Aisha said that they never reached out to her. That's what she said at first. But then she says that they went through a third-party investigating company, mm-hmm. and she says the investigating company reached out to her three times. But she says she was advised not to talk to anyone. And I I don't know who advised her not to talk to anyone, but I'm pretty sure they would probably mean like, don't make videos, don't talk to reporters. Mm -hmm. You know, you should talk to the investigators. Well, yeah. Yeah. She also claims that more people came forward and said Neve did the same thing to them, that he was being inappropriate. Those women have not come forward. Um, Neve has claimed his innocence throughout the whole thing. When this came out, some people brought up the 2006 incident saying like, oh, where he's a woman beater. He's probably does this too. And there is a video that I saw off of newsweek.com where it looks like a man that looks like Neve. And I don't know if the woman's bumping into him or what, but it looks like he's shoving her again. I don't know if this is Neve or not. It, kind of looks like him it looks like him with mats behind him um we're trying to just post it on the instagram page but nothing i didn't find any follow-up to that if neve said it was him if it was just someone bumping into him or what it was 
he got a lot of suspect stories. He just ain't got nothing to stick. Not not saying we're trying to stick anything on him, but <laughs> he's got a lot of uh, weird things floating around him. Maybe he's he's paying for all those crimes he did as a juvenile. I mean, maybe or Back you home, live your home. life in public. You're going to find a few bad things. I'm not saying people sexually harass people on the regular, but some I, people do. I, some people do. I'm not saying that Neve does, but. I don't know. Um, that's pretty much the scandal right now. I mean, Aisha's still claiming that it happened. He was saying he's innocent. Um, the catfish is still going. I think he's going to survive this. I mean, he's obviously surviving it. It's He's going to move forward. I think in, he has a future. Um, he's also seems to be branding himself like a dating advice person with his wife, Laura. They have a show called We Need to Talk. Um, and they give like dating advice. They just seem to me, this has nothing, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but they just seem to me like those people who go on Facebook and have to prove how much in love they are. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like cringe content, like content. I don't know. It's just not for me. I mean, he has a future though. Do you think he, do you uh, think anything's going to come back to bite him or where he stands now? Uh, probably. Yes. Um, something else is going to happen. We don't know if it's going to be him or not. And it probably don't have to be like a, a sexual allegation or harassment or anything. You might say something like um, his Hispanic girls rock, <laughs> but they, they sure, they sure love to, by pinatas a lot. I don't know. He might slip up and say something rude again, but I don't think Neve is just. I mean, I think he's gonna fade away from what 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 do you say relevancy? Yeah, because you know, cat catfish can only go for so long, and dating advice from him and his wife Laura. Uh, I mean, just Neve by himself is boring. And you bring it in, you bring in a second party. I don't care about, no offense. So, yeah, I don't know. I like them separate. There's just something about them together. That... I love Max, though. Hey, come on, Max, <laughs> get on the video. He's no longer on the show. And you see why? Maybe he, he got a whiff of some of that bad energy and got his ass on. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I'm sorry. Um. So that's all I have for Neve. Do you want to tell us who you're doing? All right. All right. So the funny thing is, I just realized at the beginning, I was like, ah, secrets, but you're going to put who we do as the episode title. So that was stupid. That is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Okay. So basically who I'm talking about today is Monique. Uh, What we're going to be talking about is was she blackballed? Do we consider her blackballed me, Jose? Um, the facts and the research I kind of gathered up, both from her words and other people's. And then we're also going to talk about the relationships that she had, particularly with Oprah Winfrey, Lee Daniels, and Tyler Perry, um, how those relationships came together, and then eventually the breakdown of all those relationships. And I just feel like those are some powerful people. That's like, I mean, no offense. Uh, he's kind of lower on the totem post lee daniels but yeah that's a that's a that's a big standing trifecta yeah so uh before we get into it jose do you know 
I know you know Monique, of course. I loved her in Precious. Oof. Um, I did see a few of her comedy shows, not in person. I saw them on the TV or something. Yeah, but like a clip or something? No, I've actually like watched her comedy shows. Okay, okay. That's good. That's good. I've, I've definitely been a big Monique fan in my life. Um, so you know how uh, in the 6-9 episode, Takashi, you were like, basically, once you started doing all those research on him and his background and who he was, you was like, eh, low-key, you wasn't feeling him? Yeah. So what I will tell you is basically after I did all my research on Monique, I'm watching these interviews, um, reading all these articles. It just made me angry and sad as fuck. At Monique or at, at the situation, honestly. Okay. I, I think I, I won't even lie. What I'm about to tell you about, I feel multiple people hold uh, multiple percentages of responsibility for where it's at including Monique, because, you know, you you also have to account for your own actions. But I definitely think this was a bad situation. Ooh, so, I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I didn't build up Neve enough now. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's why I'm like, I, I, I just kind I don't know if I went too surface level, if I went too deep. So I'm kind of just trying to give everybody at least I want to hit the big points, whether okay. I go deep into them or not. I want to hit the big things. You know, so first we'll talk about who Monique is. I consider Monique a one name star. She's Cher, she's Beyonce. She may not be on their level as far as success and everything, but I feel like in the communities that they dominate, they're definitely legendary status. How you feel? Okay. I was just thinking when you told me you were doing Monique, I'm like, what's her last name? Like, I, <laughs> like I was really thinking about that. And she is one of those people. I just want to be a one name. So if I could do anything in my life, I just want to be a one name celebrity. Just Jose. Oh like, my gosh. <laughs> if you become the one and only Jose in the world, Jose. It's, it's just too much of a common name, but uh, I guess I think Monique is a common name too. Like it's not that unique. And that's the thing. There's multiple unique, uh, multiple uniques. There's multiple <laughs> Moniques in the industry, but she's the only Monique. Um, you know, do you, you know got, her last name? Um, okay. So that's all I was going to go to. So uh, she was born Monique Angela Imez. I'm hoping I'm saying her maiden uh, last name correct. It's I-M-E-S. Um, her married name is Hicks. That's what she goes by, Monique Hicks. Oh, Monique Hicks does not have the same ring to it as Monique. <laughs> I mean, she, she wasn't going to put that out. You know, she Monique. She'll be like that forever. Good branding. Good branding. So she was born in Woodland, Maryland. Um, if you don't know Monique out there, she always talks about how she represents Baltimore. Be more. She was raised in Baltimore County. Um, she's the youngest of four siblings. So um, before even stand up, before stand-up came into her life, you know, she was working a regular job. She was a customer service rep, you know, like some of us. <laughs> uh, and basically how she got into comedy is um, she was at an open mic night with her brother. I'm thinking it's their brother that ended up being her manager for a while. Okay. And he either dared her or just suggested that she go on stage. And this was 1988. She went on stage, open mic night. She killed it. And then basically had the idea after that 
She uh, started doing more gigs uh, in Maryland. Uh, They said along the East Coast, like Atlanta, stuff like that. And once she felt, once she started getting uh, more bookings and got successful, she quit her customer service job and dedicated herself to stand up full time. Oh, okay. So she must have been making decent money. Her reputation's building about how funny she is. And I will say this, you know, um, other comedians, she she was one of the she wasn't the first, but one of the more prominent uh, big girl comedians who also was funny, but she was just also breathtakingly beautiful. Like I always thought Monique was a beautiful woman. Yes. So she uh, started doing a stand up full time. She started getting gigs on Comic View, which was on BET and then Def Jam, which was on HBO. Did you ever watch Comic View uh, or Def Jam? I don't. I don't see you looking that way. But I, I just. I'm just curious. <laughs> I might have watched it here and there. I'm not like a dedicated person. And yeah, you went to you anything know, in life. Your mama heard that. Turn that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> that is not even true. Don't you disrespect my brother that I way. Love, I love you, mama. <laughs> Around '99 and 2000. Uh, Monique starts guest starring on Moesha. You remember that show? I do remember. I did not really watch it. I'm not even going to lie. Everybody loves and talks about Moesha. I will say it's, it's on my top black, you know, shows. It's at the bottom though. (laughs) It's the top at the bottom. I do love Brandy though. I love me some Brandy. I love her acting. I love her singing. The show's at the bottom. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that. But anyway, Monique was guest starring on Moesha. You know, she played Kim's mom, uh, Countess Vaughn. So basically, they were doing so good. They were getting laughs that they decided to carve those characters out of that show and give them their own show, which turned into The Parkers. Okay. Didn't watch that one either. You didn't watch the Parkers, Jose? No, I did not. Oh my gosh. I wrote down like my, fa- well, here's the thing. I don't know their names and that's trash. I probably, ha- I had time to look that up, but okay. So if you do ever decide to watch the Parkers, I'll tell you my three favorite episodes that I can remember off the top of my head. Okay. So the first one is like a Moesha Parkers crossover. It's a Halloween episode. Um, and this ain't gonna help you. I don't know these goddamn names. But anyway, I'm gonna still tell you. And then the other one is this talent show episode where you know they got Kim, Stevie, and T. They're in Freestyle Unity, this group, and he leaves the group during this talent show, and then basically finds out you know grass ain't always greener on the other side, and comes back. And then they do a parody Black Panther type episode. I think you would enjoy that. Because, you know, I know how you love your Black history. <laughs> but um, so Monique's on the Parkers. It's real successful. Last five seasons. Um, so she's getting up there. In between that, she did some movies. You know, she had a cameo on Baby Boy. Uh, she was in Soul Plane. Um, and then she was in the she did the Queens of Comedy tour in between all that, which I, I love the Queens of Comedy. I think the Queens of Comedy is funnier I won't say it's funnier than the Kings of Comedy, but I will say that Monique is funnier than a couple of the Kings of Comedy. Oh, Monique is definitely hilarious. Yeah, At just least her, just her, her set earlier long. stuff. I, I don't know if she's done any recent stuff. I haven't seen it, but her earlier yeah. stuff is hilarious. 
Yeah, that's I, that's true. I probably couldn't I couldn't verify her early her newer stand up, but definitely her older stand up was always hilarious. Yes. So um, now we're in around 2005. She has her first dramatic role because, you know, she's a stand up comedian. She's been doing these comedies. First dramatic role. Who's the director? Lee Daniels. What's Ooh. the movie? Shadow Boxer. Have you ever heard of that one? No, I really have not. Okay, so here's the funny thing. I own Shadow Boxer, never seen it. <laughs> but I heard it was a great film. Uh, she played a drug addict in it. Um, Cuba Gooden Jr.'s in it. Helen Mirren's in it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. I love Joseph. So. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, we might have to check it out. We might have to have a movie. Yeah. Uh, so that was 2005. So Lee Daniels, gives uh, she gets that role in Shadow Boxer. So then that's where that relationship comes into play, 2005. Okay. Right? So then here's your favorite part reality tv shows oh my god hold on hold on let me stop you how did i fucking forget she was in charm school i knew you. i oh my i was you're a damn good mother oh my god i was trying to think of where i really loved her from and it was charm school man she said she said when you do clownery she was um what was it like the headmistress or whatever they want to be called on that show hilarious the funniest i'll tell you right now it wasn't supposed to be funny it was supposed to be well it was supposed to be funny but i don't think monique was trying to be funny all the time i think she genuinely was there to help some of those people yeah but the top two moments of course was when she was talking to safari saying all that her name represented (laughs) (laughs) saying all that bad shit all these anger issues and this pain and then she said Take off that name tag. Now, what's your real name, sister? <laughs> Safari. <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the same hateful name I just took off you. Oh, I love that episode. That season way more than the Sharon season. The Sharon, the best episode was when Megan threw that. No, when Sharon threw that water on Megan. Yeah, I. This is not a Chime School podcast, but I try to rewatch the. Sharon one, and it was not with it like the Monique one was. Oh no, no! Oh my, the fashion show episode alone makes the Monique season. Oh my goodness! They used <laughs> curtains on the big girl. Okay. Why did they do that to her? Okay. So I'm sorry. after our catfish podcast that we're coming out with, we need to do a Charmstool podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we could do. We would have material just doing the flavor of love section. We okay, we're gonna talk about this off mic. Okay, I'm sorry, 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 my bad. (laughs) But anyway, so she she did um where is that at? So she did Charm School. Uh that was 2007. Her first reality TV show technically was 2005 to 2007. I think it was on Oxygen. It was called uh Monique's Fat Chance, fat meaning fabulous and thick. So just based off that name, tell me what you think this, this show was about. Knowing Monique, knowing her brand, and the name I just said. Monique's Fat Champs, Fabulous and Thick. She's going to do something. She's doing something. She's going to become a bitter actress, something. I don't know. Oh, that's close. That's close. Not close, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, it was like a, a beauty pageant for big girls. Oh, like, you know, she's like guiding them through and all that type of stuff. 
Okay. So that, that was for two seasons. Then she does Charm School after that. Then in 2006, uh, between those shows, the movie Fat Girls comes out. I will not lie to you. Fat Girls is a guilty pleasure. Hold on. Is that the movie where she fights a mannequin? Of course it is. Okay. I, I saw that movie before and it was hilarious. Um, I do not remember. I just remember her fighting a mannequin. Oh my gosh. Me and my sister quote that movie so much. I, I mean, I, it's, 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 it's not the best written movie, but so, that's, that's something you can put on and you don't care. But I don't know. It just made me laugh. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that's 2006. Then she has Roscoe Jenkins. That's 2008. You know, that was a good star-studded cast. That's uh, Martin Lawrence, Cedric the Entertainer, James Earl Jones. Uh, is it Anne Mark? I can't. I can't remember her name, and I feel terrible because she's a legend as well. But it, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, R.I.P. There was a lot of people in Roscoe Jenkins, and then. There's Precious. Now, why I mentioned Roscoe Jenkins specifically is Roscoe Jenkins, uh, when she was promoting that film, they had an Oprah interview uh, where the whole cast was on uh, the Oprah Winfrey show. And I could not find clips. It's hard as hell to find an Oprah show clip. Even the clips I did find, the sound was so terrible. I said, well, damn, they don't need to know this information anyway. Oprah probably has all that copy written. Uh, you of gotta, course. You got to go on own. But like, it ups- She owned all of it. Like, she- you know. <laughs> She she she's not gonna let you watch that for free. I know, like there's the Disney vault. I know Oprah got a vault. I know she do. But so it was just funny because uh, so that's when she meets Oprah. Now, uh, just to give you some background on Monique and Oprah, they did not have a mentor and mentee relationship. It wasn't like um, she met Oprah when she was young and she took her under her wing. Monique met Oprah when she was 16 years old. She had seen, basically, she describes her as this bigger Black woman with this bushy fro on on TV. This woman looks like her. She wants to be just like her. Um, It was on a show called People Are Talking. It was like a local type of show. This is before she rose up the ranks to have, to be like, a, I guess, an anchor and then have her own show. Okay, so so Oprah is not big yet, and... Monique is just a teenager. Just 16. Okay, okay. So she, uh, for some, I guess they took a, a school trip up to the news station and she met Oprah. She told her to her face, I want to be like you when I grow up. Oprah tells her, well, you got to work really hard. And that that sealed it for, for Monique. So that's when she's 16. Then you cut to 2008. She has this Oprah interview they sit to, she gets to meet her idol is there, right? Yes. And then the following year, 2009, is when Precious happens. So Precious happens and Lee Daniels wants Monique for the role. Like he, uh, pers- I guess, pursued her. And her contract with um, her obligations were under Lee Daniels' entertainment. We know later, of course, when Tyler Perry and Oprah came on, they uh, decided to produce the film. And then you got Lionsgate and all those people. They come with their own, I guess, expectations and obligations. But apparently they weren't a part of uh, Monique's contract. Right. Okay. So before I get into the drama, 
Precious came comes out November 6, 2009. I want to personally say that Monique deserved, I knew Monique was going to win any and everything she was nominated for. That movie fucked me up for days. Yeah, I mean, everyone in that movie did an incredible job. Like, Oh my gosh. That was the first, you know, role I saw Monique. I just knew her as a comedian. So seeing her in that movie, it was like a total transformation. And I mean, the main actress, I forget her name at the moment. Uh, Gabby, Gabby, Gabby Sidibe. Yeah, she did an amazing job too. Mariah Carey did an amazing job as a social worker. Like every single person in that movie brought their all. Yeah, it really, like what, the thing is I've, I mean, I'm not going to say I've lived a life as bad as precious, nowhere near, but I've been through my own like experiences and obstacles. And so what messed me up seeing that like a freshman in high school was knowing that there were preciouses out there as we're watching this movie, there were people out there living those lives. And then when you find out what happens to Monique and how she dealt with that and how she uh channels that in her performance it really gives you chills and it really messes you up so i just really wanted to say that that i saw monique i mean i saw precious in the theaters sitting there with my mama and my two sisters hoping they they don't turn their head because the bitch was sobbing (laughs) yeah (laughs) but even even now you don't watch precious like it is Jose, it, it's a movie that connects with you it, it really mess it, i ain't even gonna say that i ain't gonna play myself like <laughs> but, <laughs> but it yeah it really it really messed me up it was so funny because uh like after we saw it in theaters you know a bootleg is, is is soon after so the bootleg man came and we bought precious of course and i tried to pop it in i watched five minutes and it, it just popped it out couldn't do it I, yeah. I, i've never <laughs> seen precious again i couldn't see it again one and done but that tells you just how good the performances was and how true that story unfortunately is and may be for uh not only people out here that you don't know but people who have been in my family like i know people who have gone through stuff like that yeah it's definitely a powerful movie and it's a powerful book um pushed by sapphire (sighs) yeah i couldn't even read the book all the way see punk yeah. But yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> great, great book. But okay, sorry. So uh let's we'll we'll focus back on some precious. So uh Monique does precious. Uh both uh Lee Daniels and Monique confirm that you know he wanted her in the movie playing this character. You want to know how much Monique was play uh, paid to play Mary Jones? How much? 50k. Okay. I don't know if that's a lot or a little for an actor. Now, okay, so this is the thing. So this is what I'll say. It was a small movie, and it no one expected it to blow up how it was supposed to. But the way Monique explains it, and I got a lot of this information uh, henceforth from uh, Comedy Hype. Monique did a lot of a lot of different interviews with them, or a lot of different videos with them, and they're all great videos. Like. I'm only going to say some of these quotes and some of this information. So you should definitely watch those videos. They are great. And she's a very uh, well-spoken, articulate woman. It's very common to hear her talk anyway. (laughs) But um, so she basically said that Lee Daniels came up to her and was like excited that he got her this 50K. And she was like more like, 
uh, I'm I'm kind of doing this because I I want to play this character. I want to do this for us, for you. Uh, I could get paid 50K, no problem, doing a stand-up special for like an hour. That's okay. how she she described it. So she felt it, they were underpaying her? She, she felt like it wasn't under or over, but it definitely wasn't this big payday that Lee Daniels kind of conveyed to her when he told her uh, what it was. Uh, okay i mean she did sign the contract so exactly I, i'm just i'm just kind of putting you in the how Monique's she said headspace. His, his her headspace of how she kind of figured lee daniels was acting towards her okay like like he 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 got her this payday he got her this role it, it it's her and him all right okay so she describes lee daniels as a friend even to uh what up to like a couple years ago she says that she loved lee daniels very much and she does consider him a friend and that she does love him now monique's already a part of precious and when tyler perry and oprah get involved as producers and their names get attached that's when everybody's looking at this even more like you know there's people who are fans of push but when they hear that oprah and tyler's coming on there for better or for worse because some people do have negative feelings about tyler perry and his style People are interested. They want to know what the story is about, who's playing it, what's this, what's happening, whatever. So uh, the movie is shot and done. Uh, and then they, uh, they're they starting to do their promotions. This is where everything kind of comes to a head. So Monique and her husband, Sydney Hicks, maintain that basically her contract was Lee Daniels Entertainment for domestic uh, interviews and promotions. Domestic meaning... Uh, North America. Okay. So here now everybody keeps mentioning cons. Uh the the or I say cons. It's actually pronounced can, right? Yeah, the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> I say cons. <laughs> so fancy the cons. I, I'm thinking of the office. <laughs> uh so the the Cannes Film Festival, but Monique later says that they didn't just ask her to go to Cannes. They asked her to do a few other I guess, international promotions and stuff like that. She's fighting back saying that basically I've fulfilled my contract. Everything that I was supposed to do, I've done. If you would like me to go to Cannes, if you would like me to do this, this and that, I would like to be compensated. Otherwise, I'm just working for free. And that's something that she doesn't do. Yeah, that's overtime, no pay. Like give her her money. And that's what, and you see, even to this day, how people or companies try to do that whole, well, we're not paying you, you're getting exposure. And people are like, well, exposure ain't going to keep the lights on, ain't going to give you this Wi-Fi or nothing like that. So I think that this is just a 2009 version of that. Like, okay, they they thinking, you played this role. We know how you played this role, that the performance is coming out and everybody's saying, oh my gosh, Monique is great. So since everybody's saying that you're great, we want you to go over there and promote more with the cast. But she's like, well, you ain't about to pay me. So why would I do that? And even um, she she refers to this conversation that she had with Tyler, which was kind of funny. She says um, she wanted to Tyler asked her specifically to go overseas. And she's like, well, I have no problem with going overseas, but somebody has to write me a check to do it. She said, you could write me a check to go overseas. And he says, 
well, I don't believe in giving money away for free. And she said, well, I don't believe in working for free. So we on the same page. Oh, I feel like it could have just been handled better. Like, Uh, And that's why I I think it's so crazy. I think basically, uh, and they say there's more, and I'll get into a little bit more, but it seems like this was the tipping point. Her not going internationally over to promote, even though Tyler Perry apparently was asking her to, Oprah Winfrey was asking her to, and Lionsgate, you know, the, the, the company is asking her to, and she's refusing they're feeling like oh no basically that's when the distrust formed yeah um they also apparently she also didn't campaign and they wanted her to campaign you know when you're nominated for big awards like golden globes and oscars and stuff like that they want you to to go out there and show yourself and 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 i guess just if it's out know. of her contract, though, I don't think she should have to. And I mean, I didn't hear a lot about the Monique situation before now. And it what I've heard was always she didn't want, you know, she didn't want to play. She didn't mm-hmm. want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't want to play this game. I'm just going to take my ball and go home. And people don't want to play with her. Like, I guess she was kind of labeled like a diva. Yeah, she was labeled difficult because yeah. of this. And that's the problem. It's like, I understand I understand on the business side. She's the star. She has the breakout performance. You want as many eyeballs as possible on this. But if you believe in the talent, if you guys are swimming in money, like all three of them are, the, the Lionsgate, uh, Tyler Perry, Oprah, even Lee Daniels, if he had some... Uh, if he was asking her to some extent, why did they not feel like she was worth the paycheck? So I feel like maybe she took it as disrespect on their part. And maybe that's why she fought back more on not doing it. Yeah. But anyway, so let's cut to the war season. She, she, she scoops them all, you know, she gets the, the golden globe sag Oscars. She probably got more, but those are the three I always paid attention to when I used to watch award shows, as you know, Uh huh. Because you know, I don't I don't do that anymore. It's just too much cringe now. I can't even sit, <laughs> sit through a, a, a introduction being made without wanting to mute that shit. But um, so she wins them all. I thought she had some great acceptance speeches, but I was not looking for a particular content in them. But apparently, um in her Academy Award speech, the Oscar speech, she does thank. Tyler Perry and uh, Oprah. She does not thank Lee Daniels. Ooh. Um, at the end of her speech, she says, thank you for making it about the performances and not the politics. And before I got deep into that, I didn't realize what kind of statement that saying that kind of sounds like as well. He, she, Malcolm and Marie her. And you didn't watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but... And if you listeners didn't watch the movie either, he did not thank her in his speech. That was the whole movie. (laughs) So that is kind of... Okay, continue, because I don't know the story before I say it's messed up why she didn't thank him. I'm I'm just upset you used this, and I don't know what that damn Malcolm and Marie shit means. (laughs) I'm not watching that movie yet either. Okay, so anyway, let's move on to after the Oscars. So 
I'm going to tell you how this story plans out, how this story unfolds into a point, and then I'm going to tell you kind of what my conspiracy is. And then then you and then you chime in, sir. So after the Oscars, the Oscars are typically held uh, in February. That's changed with COVID now, but usually it was always in February. So uh, I would say around uh, late, like mid to late March or April, Oprah calls Monique. (sighs) Damn. Okay, maybe. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting too far on myself. I should have told you Monique's history. I told you before that Monique was the youngest of four siblings, Uh, but Monique, when she was seven, got molested by her older brother, her oldest brother. His name is Gerald. This is not the one that was the manager. No, this is no, this is not the manager. So Gerald molested Monique. She says seven through 11. She says uh, it was like at least four incidents over four years. That's how she describes it. He is, um, so he, oh, she's seven. He's 13. She says she kept quiet. She didn't say anything. Monique didn't even come out publicly saying that she was molested by her brother until around 2018. And it was in a essence, uh, article. Here's an, uh, a quote, like an excerpt. She says, I was molested by my older brother. And when I confronted him and told my parents, he said I was lying and nothing was really done. Ooh. So, yeah, that kind of that kind of sucks. Uh, she said, basically, after bringing it up that one time, she said she kind of never brought it up again. She said she didn't want to make her family mad. She didn't want to upset them. But she was like. She was kind of stuck in this bad position. She said even after she confronted them that uh, that time, she kind of kept quiet and didn't mention it again because she didn't want to upset her family. And she kind of saw that nobody was was believing it. He, he denied it. And even one of the things he said to her, even Gerald confirmed it was, if you think that I did anything to hurt you, I'm sorry. And, and you know how that is as an apology. It, it, it is not one. No, no. So anyway, so we're back to um, March, April. So Monique calls, uh, no, Oprah calls Monique and says, hey, your brother Gerald contacted me or my show and said that he wants to come on to talk about molesting you and then on how to help parents uh, look out for other predators. That That's what she was told. Uh, okay, so the molester wants to come on the show and be like, bro, this is how... We can stop molestation. And so ba- <laughs> yeah. So basically, after Monique's had her win, because this is all in the same year. Yeah. Uh, like a month or a month and a half later, uh, Oprah tells her, yeah, he contacted. And I just wanted to let you know, she said, would you be interested in partaking or being a part of that show? Monique, uh, and this is on the comedy, one of the comedy hype videos. She's like, OK, so I consider she said she considers her brother a scammer. She says, even if he has changed the way she feels about him, she doesn't want any part of it. And that's what she tells Oprah. She says, yeah, I get you. He could have changed. Um, you, you can go ahead with that, but I don't want any parts of that. Oprah says, well, you don't want no parts. I'm canceling it. That's what Oprah says. Okay. 
According so, to Monique. According to Monique. That's the thing also. Yes, it's kind of crazy. A lot of this information is Monique out of her mouth. And you're like, well, it can't. She she might not be telling the truth. That might be Do true. Do you know if Oprah. But she's not. Oprah's not talking. Oprah, okay. I have I have a couple quotes from Oprah, but she's never directly telling the story, which is why everything is so left up to interpretation or your perception. Or some people, you know, they get deep in their feelings and based on how somebody has treated you, you'd be like, nah, she did that shit. Nah, she didn't do that shit. Type yeah, honestly, it just boils down to if you believe Monique or not. Exactly. So Oprah says she's going to shut it down. If Monique does not want to be a part of the show, that's fine. She just wanted to let her know. Um, after they end that conversation about the brother being on the show, somehow they start talking about um, the relationship that they have with their mothers and fathers. You know, Monique starts talking about her mother, talking about uh, how they're not in a good place right now. This is 2010. I don't know if that's changed recently, but in 2010, she's like, they're not in a good place. She started talking about things and their relationship. She said even Oprah started talking about really uh, her relationship with her mother you know, and they connected on that level and then they ended the call. So then it became a shock to her in April when she started seeing those commercials and those promos with not only her brother, her form, her molester, her uh, other brother, her former manager and her mother and father all on the Oprah Winfrey show. And she was, she just, she said she felt betrayed. I mean, it is, if it's, the way Monique is saying it is, it's betrayal from all around, from Oprah, from her whole family. Exactly. Yeah, that is a betrayal all she, around. She's saying, Monique is saying that she knows her family. She knows how she they act. So when she's watching this show and she's seeing how they're talking, they're seeing how they're acting. She's, she's seeing the fact that this was just kind of like a, a, a cash grab, a, a spotlight grab. This and was I, not for anybody else but them. At the end of the day, Oprah's looking at those ratings and be like, ooh, this is going to bring people in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, before I get into my conspiracy about what I think, um, why Oprah did what she did, I'm going I'm to I'm share some of the things that her brother said on that show, which was crazy. Okay. So um, another thing, hard to find clips of this, this show. I feel like they wiped it out. I think... Uh, Monique got on Oprah about this and then Oprah made sure she wiped any evidence clean because I even in the vault I know she ain't got this episode maybe but uh so Monique has said that in an interview before that when she was molested by her brother he lured her with candy and that he told her not to say anything so on the Oprah show, one of the things I did hear clearly out of one of those garbled videos was that him saying like he did not like splitting hairs on the most inconsequential things like, no, I never lured her with candy. No, I never told her to do any uh, not to tell people. But it's like at the principle, you you did. Now, he was a minor himself. He was 13, but you did molest your sister. So it's like. Why does it matter the circumstances? Why are you not just like kind of owning up to what you did? I feel like it's a common tactic that liars use to f- focus on one little thing and be like, oh, well, that part didn't happen. It's like, mm-hmm. 
Okay. But what about this major part? That's the issue. And he even admits that when Monique eventually confronted him, he downplayed it by saying, if you think I did something wrong, uh, then I'm sorry, which is what I mentioned before. So that kind of just tells me what the interview was about in the whole place. It was about this man did something to his sister so long ago. And instead of kind of owning it and probably trying to say how you moved on from it, how you're a better man, how you could be changed, which that could be up in the air because uh, he served 12 years in prison for sexually assaulting another girl. Oh, wow. So a history. Yeah. So it's like he could have went on that show and made it something different, but it was all essentially the whole family was on there about the sexual abuse and about why did Monique decide to air this out and expose us type of thing. It's like, oh, I wish she would have. Um, I wish she would have just kept like the, Gerald basically says, like, I wish she would have just came to me and talked to us and kept it in house and not exposed us. What you did, she's a victim. Victims should always have the choice to, to tell their stories when and how they want to. Yeah, it's Monique's story to tell. If she wants to tell the story, she has every right to get her voice heard. So I, I just I, when he said that, like, oh, I wish she just would have. Uh, kept this in-house and not expose the family like I was like oh my is this what the family cares about they, they don't like the optics trash and it I mean it kind of supports what Monique said in the past like oh she 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 told her family uh he, he it was her word against his so nothing was done yeah so she said uh, at, at one time when she mentioned the abuse she said her father was very upset but it, not, it, it did not get mentioned again. She said she'll never forget her mother saying, if this is true, it will surface, it will surface again. And I remember thinking, why would I lie? Why is there even an if in this? And I mean, damn, the mother was right and wrong because he ended up serving 12 years for assaulting somebody else. So it's like you, you didn't even believe your, your, your daughter. So um, Monique finds out that her family's been on the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, Oprah contacts her after the show airs. She doesn't say how long after, but I'm guessing it wasn't a long amount of time that passed. Uh, Monique admits that in that conversation, even though she was upset that she was lied to and that she felt betrayed, she did not quote unquote check Oprah. Like she didn't tell Oprah, Hey, that was wrong. That was foul. You lied to me. She said she was kind of still caught up in Oprah being Oprah, her being that larger than life type of star that she was. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. So she says she did not check Oprah when that happened. And when she hung up the phone, her husband was like, well, why'd you do that? That's why, why'd you not tell her how you felt? So she, she, she's regretting this. This is 2010. So since she's regretting that she didn't tell Oprah how she feels, she's like, I'm going to reach out. I have to let this woman know. So she's saying in, uh, in, the, in the video, this comedy hype interview, she says she reached out to Oprah more, more than a few times trying to have a private conversation. Emphasis on the private now. Because she's trying to get a conversation with Oprah. Oprah is ignoring her. She's rebuffing her or she's not replying, which is still all uh, avoidance. 
Yeah. Because you can't tell me a star's biggest Oprah ain't getting her messages and ain't outright refusing them if she don't want to hear that person or accepting them if she's in the mood. I definitely think that somebody was telling her Monique was on the line and she didn't want to pick up. I mean, it could have been that. Yeah. If something like that, what I'm, I just, I feel like it was definitely on purpose. It was never, I, I don't think she could. I think maybe the first couple times you could pass it off, but over years, not responding <clears throat> yeah. to somebody after you did that. Because the thing is, if she only reached out once and that was after she did the talk show, you've done precious together yeah, we're kind of shaky. Maybe um, other people were upset about the whole promotion thing. Why did Oprah and Monique not talk regular even after that? I, I That's mean, why I think it's a little weird. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they could just be business associates. They don't really have to be like the best of friends. That's true. But I just feel like it was all avoidance. But we'll, we'll get to that. So she tried to have a private conversation. Let's cut to 2014. So one of your favorite pe- people, Alfre Woodard. Ooh. So 2014, this is when Lapita Nyong'o was uh, nominated for her Oscar in 12 Years a Slave. So apparently Alfre Woodard has these types of Oscar parties or has these types of parties that are kind of celebrating the Black women uh, from, I guess, the year before and the, the year of or just, you know their nominations or so forth and so on. Monique had said that she, you know, she's been offered invitations years prior, but she had never had a chance to get there. Like, I don't know, her schedule did permit her. She didn't want to or something like that. So this is 2014, four years later. She's, uh, she decides to go to this uh, Alfre Woodard party. Oprah's there. She says, um, as the party's going, I guess there was some sort of red room, she describes it. And before she goes in there, she says, Alfre stops her and says, Monique, like whatever you have on your heart, whatever you need to say, let it out. This is a safe place. If you need to say anything, say it. Right. Yeah. Now, Monique says that she can't confirm that Alfre was trying to tell her to confront Oprah or she was telling her that there was something on her heart. But she said she just kind of got that intuition. And that's what spurred on this next moment she was like monique i hope you dance that's what she was saying right there (laughs) how did i know you was gonna bring that up i knew it as soon as i had her name in the notes (laughs) i hope you dance but um so apparently what they did in that red room is there and uh, i'll i list out the people she said was there which are some of our favorite people she said what they do is the black actresses give uh, the nominees, in this case, Lupita, a piece of advice. And she said that when she got to her, she kind of told Lupita, you know, do your thing, do it the way you want to, you know, make it your own type of situation. Um, but then after she says that, she said she immediately turned to Oprah and said, um, you were wrong for having my mother on your show. Oh, and we're going to we're going to need to have a conversation about that. Like, you you owe me an apology type of thing. And she said she said that in front of everybody. She said, I'm going to read you off the people she said was there. Some of the people she said, this is Alfred Wood's party. This is, she said Loretta Devine's there. <gasps> she said Carrie Washington was there. She said Regina King was there. Lynn Whitfield, Angela Bassett. 
And she said she said that in front of all those people. And she said it was like dead silent. Okay. I would sell my soul to be in that room. A I lot just, of good people. I just to just watch and be like the wisdom that's being passed around. And I, like the star the power. Hem of the garment. <laughs> that, that would be an amazing room. But that is crazy that she would say it in front of all those people. She gave no fucks. You know, sometimes when you got something to say, you got something to say, and you don't care who's around. Mm-hmm. So she says then Oprah's response was to basically say, if you think I did anything to hurt you or upset you, I'm sorry. She either said, I'm sorry, or I apologize. But basically the same non-half-ass apology her own brother gave her. Ooh. Which I that that wasn't made as a parallel on any of the articles or interviews, I just made that parallel because that was crazy that Gerald said that he said that Monique said that he said that. And then Oprah uses that same apology to apologize to you after she wronged you the way she did. I yeah. thought that was crazy. That is crazy. So um, she says that that happened and, 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 and they're done talking. Sure. So I'll tell, I'll read you Oprah's response, which didn't happen until a whole four years later. So Oprah is promoting Wrinkle in Time. Did you ever watch that? I did. Did you I, like it? I did like it. Okay. it the, I did not like the ending, but I did like the movie. Because, I mean, it has Reese Witherspoon and Mindy Kaling and Oprah, and I just love all of them. Yeah, I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a cheesy, it has a very cheesy ending, but it it's a okay movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, Oprah says she's, oh, and funny you mentioned those people she was uh doing the promo with reese and mindy (laughs) like i know him reese mindy and ope (laughs) the usual game (laughs) you know all right so uh they were doing that so the interviewer uh basically is asking and the funny thing is he said two names he said how do you deal with people who like are talking about you or criticizing you like trump and monique (laughs) I said, how y'all going to say those names like they on the same plane? One of those people are completely valid and one of those people is an asshole. (laughs) But I thought that was funny. So what she says, direct quote is, you can't meet negative energy where it is. You have to rise above it. You have to transcend it. You have to be the light. It only takes a little bit of light to banish the darkness. It takes a lot of darkness to overcome true light. No. To overcome the light. And she says, um, it takes just a little bit of light, and we are the warriors of light. Did I write that? Did she really say light that many damn times? I hope I double wrote that. I feel like that is just a dance around media Thank training you. PR. And I, move. Didn't, I didn't even finish it. Well, she says, um, we are warriors of the light. I would never stoop to try to meet somebody where they are negatively. Don't care who they are. When it's dark, I turn on the light. Like, it's just that type of thing where it was like she was asked directly for the first time in a while by somebody who i ain't never heard of anymore because they probably got fired after that day and she gave the most generic airy quote ever and it's so funny because monique kind of makes fun of oprah and says like she's she's always channeling acting like she's that whole mother earth um everyone is love type of thing and that's exactly what reminds me of this quote it's like a fake hippie type quote I feel yeah. bad saying that because we will never get on if we start talking shit about Oprah. But I just 
I love Oprah, but I I do feel like she was a hundred percent wrong in this Monique situation. Yeah, but you're not to attach Oprah in a gotcha kind of question. And I I mean, I don't think it's a good answer, but I don't oh, that's think true. I don't think if she would have entertained it anymore, like Monique felt how she felt or said something along those differently, then it would have just been the headline and would have taken away from what she's trying to promote. Mm. I mean, Oprah's a businesswoman. That is true. But I, you know, I just thought that was just so funny. Like, we are the light. She said light so many times. <laughs> yeah, she did. So that's that's the biggest part I wanted to talk about is um, Oprah and the Monique relationship. Uh, to close out the Oprah factor before I move into the Netflix factor, basically, uh, the last time Monique said anything about Oprah was February 2020, actually. Okay. Um, so- that's recent. Exactly. It was just a year ago, year and some change. So she basically did this whole open letter. It was on Instagram, but I took the, I took the quote that, um, that really kind of resonated with me and that I kind of understand in Monique's Instagram, uh, post where the last thing she mentions about Oprah and how she met her at 16 years old at the local Baltimore show and said that she wanted to be just like her and responded that she would have to work really hard. Uh, Monique says from that experience that her 16-year-old self didn't even know that in the silence, in her silence, Oprah's silence, in the face of wrongdoing, would make her life harder. And why I like that is that, okay, 16-year-old, you everybody gives you that generic mediocre advice. It's not mediocre, but you know, it's generic. Everybody's heard it. Work real hard. You'll get to wherever you want to go. Right. Yeah. So Oprah tells her this at 16, she's her idol. She wants to be just like you. And Monique went on to have a, it was short lived, but she did have her own talk show. So it's that definitely was a dream of hers. And Oprah's telling her, well, you got to work real hard if you want to be anywhere to where I am to where I'm guessing she wanted to go. And then Monique is at the top of her career. She does her biggest breakout performance. And because she did not, I guess, play by everybody else's rules, her life and career has now been hit and dug down. Her reputation is in the mud, whether and we'll, people say that Monique's had a hand in that, but I think in the early stages of when this happened at Precious, I definitely think that people dragged her reputation down and that even if she did try to bring it up or if she had a hand in bringing it down further, she was kind of in a losing battle with the Titans she was against. Yeah. She was definitely up against some big people and it seems like she was not kissing anybody's ass and she was going to play the game, how she wants to play it. And unfortunately, it did not work out for her, it seems. When it comes to that situation, before we uh, start getting into the meet with, I guess, Tyler Perry and Lee Daniels and then Netflix, do you feel like she could have been blackballed purely off the precious, the precious um, controversies of not doing more promotions, of not thanking the producers and basically kissing everybody's feet and rings. I mean, most definitely, if you are going to not 
thank people, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, well, she's not thankful. I'm putting how they see it, that they're putting her on. They're going to um, not like that she's not putting this extra work in. And maybe she feels that she doesn't have to. She's not being paid for it. But they're saying, oh, this is how it's always done. People always put this work in. And it did get messy. And I feel like if they would have just maybe talked about it, you know, gave her a new contract, it could have been worked out and no I one was trying to work it out. I definitely feel the same way. Like even, okay, so it, I didn't get the year, but Lee Daniels did an interview with CNN and he said that, well, um, when talking about Monique, she, he was like, well, you got to thank the producers of the film. You have to thank the studio. She didn't understand that. Um, he also was like, well, she also had... Um, made a lot of unreasonable requests of the precious, like of the precious film or obligations and stuff like that. And Monique was like, well, I wish somebody would have asked them, what did I ask for that was so unreasonable? Because it seems like everybody's talking back against her, like uh, Lee Daniels, Oprah's not responding, Tyler Perry, he responded because he got caught, but he never came out on his own accord and said that um, Monique was right. So it's like everybody's saying that she's wrong, but nobody's really given any evidence of why she's wrong. It's just, oh, she didn't do what we wanted her to do. So we had to punish her. And I'll even give you a better example of it. So there's an interview with The View. <laughs> okay, so this is Whoopi and Monique having a conversation on The View. Monique's talking about how she fulfilled her contractual obligations, but they wanted her to do more promotions. And she felt like that wasn't get, that wasn't fair because she wasn't getting paid for it. Whoopi then interjects and says, well, if you would have called me, I would have told you, I would have schooled you on exactly how to do that. And Monique is like, well, there's no reason to be schooled on how to basically work for free. Because that's I, when it comes to that Monique situation and the pressure situation, it just all comes back to, I guess, them not paying her and people saying, well, this is the industry. They don't always pay you what you're worth. You should have just uh, done what they said and then you would have been rewarded on the back end. And Monique is like, you never know if there's going to be a back end. People don't scratch your back when it's not in the contract that rhymed accidentally. But. That is I, true, but you have all these big people. I mean, Whoopi is up there with the rest of them telling you this is how it is. I think she has to take a step back, Monique does, and say, okay, like, yes, Monique is a grown woman at that point, but these are people that have been in the industry for way longer that can teach her some things. But don't you think that's something that she's trying to change? I because she's yeah. okay yes she's okay I, th I actually okay so it's so funny they kind of said that she's not wrong they said that basically the way Whoopi Whoopi was giving her was telling her the game like okay if you want to survive if you want to make it if you don't want to ruffle no feathers this is what you do but Monique you better is wake up and pay attention <laughs> I thought that's where you were going <laughs> love sister I'm sorry, that was a good one. I like that. Call me off guard. Um, but I, 
shit. I forgot what we were talking about. You better wake up, pay attention. If you want to be somebody, if you uh-uh. want to go somewhere. Don't say that we'll be sued. Oh, damn it. Now I'm just saying it in my head. <laughs> don't, don't hunt okay. it. Okay. Damn it. I'm sorry. Damn, you started it. So anyway, she's basically saying, I could have schooled you on how to do that. But Monique is like, that's not how it should be done. Y'all should be able to pay talent for doing the things that y'all want them to do if you have the money to do so. It shouldn't be a we're going to get you. Why can't they just get you now? I agree. But at the end of the day, if you don't want to play by their rules and you want to take your ball and go home, then you're not going to be in the game. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. That brings me to, and that's kind of what another person said. So Cedric, the entertainer, um, he had an interview with the real, they kind of asked him, how do you feel about that? And he was like, well, Hollywood's all about, it's, uh, it's a, he said, it's a place of relationships. And he said, well, you, she made some pretty big people upset. And sometimes people don't want to work with you on that because of that. But he was basically saying he's still cool with her. But that's what I noticed a lot of them celebrities were doing. A lot of these celebrities like Cedric, Steve Harvey, um, who else said something? Um, Jeff Ross, Sinbad. It's always Monique's cool. Monique's great. Monique wasn't wrong. But... She should have done it this way, or she shouldn't have said this. And it's like, we can criticize the approach, but is she wrong or is she right? I'm, I don't know. I mean, I kind of see where she's coming from, but I, if everyone's saying this is how it's done, that's how it's done. (laughs) Yeah, but I won't, so... And a lot of uh, some of those are talking about the relationships, the breakdown of relationships she's had with Tyler Perry, Oprah, Lee Daniels, and uh, even Lionsgate. But some of those are talking about the Netflix situation. So do you know anything about the Netflix situation? I think the whole Netflix situation, um, tell me if I'm wrong, was boiled down to she was not getting paid what other comedians on there were getting paid. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. She, I, I, so... They pursued her. In 2017, Netflix offers her 500 k to shoot a special. All right? Okay. Now, it's important to notice that beforehand, you have Dave and Chris getting like 200, no, getting 20 million. Uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Then you have Amy Schumer getting 13 million at the end. Um, She said, I think uh, Ricky or Ellen got like 30 40 million they got a lot of millions going on basically different stars got a whole bunch of millions so she doesn't like that 500k offer and she tells him so i feel like those stars are bigger stars though i'm not gonna lie yes they're bigger stars but you gotta think of all those millions even jerry seinfeld like i'm thinking of these people jerry print can bring them in but or we say a Monique can't bring them in for at least one million like they didn't even give her a I, I agree maybe she feel slighted but i won't say this nobody i don't think anybody's gonna be able to give a number that anybody would be happy with 
But with the quality of stars and the quality of comedy, I definitely think that she was lowballed with 500K. Okay, but I don't know if any other network is saying we're going to pay you this much. Well, maybe not because they did pursue her. That's the thing. They pursued her, but then they pursued her and gave her like a trash offer. I feel like. Did when she rejected the offer, did she do it publicly or did she go to them? Um, So she alleges um, that in the meeting, when they come to her, she tells She's asking them how they came up with that figure. And that's when they start giving her those vague answers. And then she starts asking, well, how did you come up with the 10 million? Well, apparently Amy was offered 10 million. She wasn't happy with that because she as well saw the higher salaries of like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and Ricky Gervais and wanted more money. So what did they do when she said that they went back to the drawing board and then they came up with 13, they gave her three extra million. Okay. So she's basically asking, how do they come up with that figure with Amy Schumer? How do they come up with that figure with blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, considering her resume, considering what she does, her standup, she was wondering why she didn't get that. So I'm guessing she did tell him that she wasn't satisfied in the meeting, but she also did say it social media as well. Um, she feels the retaliation came in, even if she's out, she spoke online in good faith, they're still supposed to go back and try to give her a increased monetary offer than the initial offer. And she says the retaliation came when once she said uh, how she felt about the offer, they shut it all down. No negotiations. It was 500K, take it or leave it. I see where Monique is coming from, where they should have came back in good faith with an offer, but I kind of see where they're coming from too. Like if you're going to put it out there, I don't know if I'm going to negotiate with you. Yeah, I just I just feel like it was... I, yeah, I feel like it was just wrong how they went about it. So then that's in 2017. Um, she does not file. She falls, files a lawsuit against Netflix, uh, gender and uh, gender and racial discrimination lawsuit okay. in November 2019. Um, Netflix tried to dismiss it and trying to say that, you know, they don't support the claim she's making. That's not true. They did this. They did that. But um, a federal judge, I think it was this year, actually. No, 2020. Uh, basically, she didn't win nothing, but she won the fact that they're they're going to move on with the case. Like Netflix was trying to get that shit dismissed and removed. But no, it's, it's going forward. OK, so that's I guess that's good for her. Um, where Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels, and all these other people come in is in this whole, do you consider uh, Monique blackballed, blacklisted, was she? Because throughout anywhere from 2017, from when this Netflix deal happened, um, that same year was when Tyler Perry called her and her and her husband recorded him saying that, Basically, he did. He agreed that she wasn't being treated fairly and that he felt bad for the way the entertainment industry was doing Monique. 
um, and that he was going to come out publicly and make it right, which never happened. Okay, um, this recording came out like people heard this recording. This yes, this recording is is like public knowledge. It came out in November. When it came, out? it came out to it came out in 2017, but I don't have the the month. Okay, that's fine. Um, and why they record just because they wanted it out there. I think it was a few reasons. I think um, the trust was gone and I don't think she believed Tyler. And I think that she basically in her mind was saying, whatever he says, good, bad, or ugly, I want proof that he said it since this is one of the few or first times they've ever decided to talk to me. Okay. That makes sense. Cause you think about it. Oprah responded once and she didn't even respond until 2018. Yeah. She she betrayed her trust because that's what I don't care what anybody out of all the things that Monique may or may not have done wrong. That that talk show situation was not her fault. So she betrays her in 2010. She confronts her 2014. Uh, And I ain't gonna lie. Monique been on Oprah. She's been on her neck you owe me an apology what you did was wrong so i get why maybe oprah wasn't coming out but she had that ignore game strong for four extra years on top (laughs) but um they recorded the tyler perry conversation um and was like okay well we're gonna see if you made it right tyler perry never made it right so with the whole lee daniels situation so tyler perry says that he doesn't like how she's being treated lee daniels was the first person to publicly say that uh, she was blackballed. But later, like years later, says that he never said that. So I was going to include that. The Hollywood Reporter has the quote as saying, um, Lee Daniels says, Monique is a creative force to be reckoned with. Her demands through Precious were not always in line with the campaign. This soured her relationship with the Hollywood community. I consider her a friend. That's one of the quotes Daniel says. Another quote, but it won't tell me where, uh, says that she was uh, blackballed because she did not thank the Academy and everything. I just didn't include the blackballed part because I couldn't verify it. Okay. Um, also, a 2017 event happened that a lot of people talked about was the Apollo uh, Theater incident have you heard about that one jose i don't think so so basically monique does a set at the apollo stage and uh she gets on you know her career now i didn't get the full thing but i got the the meat of the quote which is she says i wasn't blackballed i was whiteballed by some black dicks who had no balls Ooh, thank you kind of love it (laughs) Uh, I guess he says, thank you, Miss Oprah Winfrey, um, Lee Daniels, Tyler Perry. Y'all could suck my dick if I had one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as much as I love that quote, she, if she wants to move past it, she does need to be quiet. And I think it was her being funny and bringing levity to the situation. But unfortunately, I think she was also dead ass serious because she is hurt by it. But yeah, I don't think after she said that Tyler wasn't going to speak out. 
Lee wasn't going to speak out. Oprah wasn't going to speak out. And I know they definitely heard that joke. Yeah. (laughs) But so you got all these 2017 things happening. And I just thought that was like, that's the biggest year where anybody is still mostly uh, talking about this because this is the Netflix deal, the Apollo, the Tyler Perry recording. Um, she waits the two years and files the Netflix lawsuit. Um, the February 2020 is the last post about Oprah. So everything's kind of winding down. And it's just unfortunately, you still kind of see Monique where she is. Because I'm going to tell you right now, how many credits do you think? And I'm not talking about like stand up credits, but like how many credits do you think Monique has after Precious? Four. I'm be so mad if you counted this correct. <laughs> I don't even know. This is just a guess. Okay, no. Okay, she got more than four. But okay. I'm going to read them to you. The first one. Now, that's 2009. I ain't going to count that. I'll co- 2014 is the next credit. And when did Precious come out? 2009. She had okay. two movies that came out in 2009. It was Precious and then Steppin, the okay. movie. She doesn't have another acting credit until Blackbird, 2014. Blackbird is a movie that came from her production company. Ooh, then no one watched that. Well, it's a good movie, but it was it was an independent, it's a small film. Yeah. Um, then she has Bessie. Did you ever watch Bessie? I never watched it, never heard of it. Oh my gosh, that's what Queen Latifah and uh Monique plays Ma Rainey, which is who Viola oh, Davis okay. played. I think okay. I think I saw maybe a trailer for that on HBO. Or it's something. the one where everybody have you seen the meme where everybody keeps showing this is inappropriate, but basically it's the picture where uh you see Queen Latifah's boobs. Have you seen that? No. They'd be like when I get off work and it's her picture <laughs> no. with her boobs out. <laughs> no, I have not. And she ain't got no makeup on and she got this little fro and she's looking in the mirror. Yeah, I ain't going to show you because I feel disrespectful by doing it, but I have definitely seen it on Twitter a few times. But after Bessie, we've got 2016, Interwoven. Um, Apparently, it's one of those films where, you know, you got like five, six people and they got their own stories and some of them intertwine, that type shit. Okay. Then you got Almost Christmas. Did you hear about that one? I did love that one. Okay, so that was like the last, and that's not even, that wasn't even a huge movie, but that was like the last big movie she was in. That was 2016, and even that had some drama behind it. Uh, I won't get into it, but basically her and her husband uh, had issues with Will Packer, the producer. So it's like, hmm, is this a pattern of behavior? Because Will Packer says, um, that on almost Christmas, Monique was getting paid more than most, if not all the stars, but did the least amount of promo. <sighs> I know, I, right? Right now, like, I just think there's a pattern. I think that Monique is thinking she's a bigger star than she is and she must get paid a lot. And you think so? Yeah. I mean, if it's, I mean, we heard it with Precious, we heard it with Netflix, and now we're hearing it. With almost Christmas, it's just it's like a like I said, I this is very surface level. We could go so much deeper into all these topics, like the almost Christmas, the Netflix lawsuit, 
the relationship with her family and the but at the end of it even with the promo issues even with the made the intimidating behavior because I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by Monique as well and that's kind of why she keeps the reputation that has been tagged for her as difficult um but even with all that we wrap this up with has she been blackballed has she been blacklisted and before you answer that i'm going to read off the definitions would you like to hear them sure okay so the funny thing is before i read off the official definitions i'm going to read off the urban dictionary one because i actually thought that was the best one okay (laughs) so urban dictionary has blackball as to conspire to ruin someone's reputation until they become unemployable and people refuse to associate with them. Love it. Now, Merriam Webster has it, uh, has two entries. The first one is as a trans transitive verb um, to vote against, AKA to exclude from membership by casting a negative vote or to exclude socially, aka ostracize. Those that's that's using it as a transitive verb. Okay. Now using it as a noun, it is a adverse vote, especially against admitting somebody or someone to a membership in an organization. They don't say blacklisted. I always notice with Monique, they always say blackball. So we're only going to deal with blackball. Would you say? At any point, whether it's more on the pressure side, the Netflix side, just being herself, would you say that Monique was blackballed? I I will say she's blackballed, but I don't know if it's not Monique's doing. What do you mean by that exactly? I mean, it's it's like, like... Are you considering her being the full blame, like she's the reason why if she is only her it's like the mean girls when you can only wear pink or wear sweats on a certain day and then you can't sit at the table Mm. that's kind of how it is like she can't sit with them because she didn't wear pink (laughs) that's what it breaks down to (laughs) and that's true and i i 100 agree but i'm all for monique like you know there has been talks about there's a wage gap in Hollywood that, you know, men get paid more than women and it's even less, you know, for black women. So I'm all for that, but I don't think Monique is going at it in the right way. You're a terrible human being. (laughs) I just want to say, (laughs) I I, I agree. Um, I wish I could have been a little bit more organized, but I fully do think this, I can't say 50, 50, But I do think that um, how Monique and her husband have come across and sometimes, unfortunately, how their personal lives have kind of been splashed in social media has colored people's perception as well. So she's kind of fighting a losing battle. I definitely support what she's doing by fighting for equality in the pay that you get. Um, And I definitely support her trying to make sure that other black women get their due, even if unfortunately she, her her career, like the career that she was supposed to have, 
is going to be sacrificed by doing so. But I also do feel that, yeah, she does bear a few responsibilities based on how she handled things. But I definitely think, uh, yeah, people in Hollywood wronged her and she took it personal and maybe uh, she played the game as well. But it's just when people already don't like you, she can't play the game as good. People are always spotting her. Yeah. She'd be trying to cheat. They'd be like, uh-uh, get your ass over there. And she ain't even trying to cheat. She's just trying to carve out a little space for herself, but people don't want her to. They think she talks too much. She does do this. I mean, that's a very valid opinion. Mm-mm-mm. But, oh, last thing I'll do. I will say this. Um, blackballed or not, Monique has some of the best advice or quotes there around I've ever read. I'm, I'm going to read you this one quote. I felt, I felt like she was talking to me. <laughs> she said that basically when it comes to how she's speaking out about getting her due getting her equal pay that people are saying like well this is how how she quoted she said you are a fat black woman how dare you speak up you should just be appreciative we invited you to the party i i see and i feel like i've been saying that this whole time (laughs) (laughs) because the thing is even though monique may be wrong about some of her delivery what is different than what she's what are the other people they're just asking for the same thing maybe just different ways everybody wants to get paid what they're worth i just think she's coming off the wrong way about it i think if she i'm she's going to have if she wants to play the game she has to you know get paid less and that is very unfortunate i agree that she should get paid more if other people are getting paid more and she could bring in the same audience then she should get the same amount but i don't think she was given a fair chance to do so and now she's like in this hole so deep i don't think she'll ever get the chance to do yeah i don't don't think she'll ever be on the national level or the international level she should have been on or she could have been on um i think People love to forgive. People love to forgive. I think Monique still has it in her. If she wants to come back, she might be able to. She might have it in her. Um, we do have to. If, if they cancel Oprah, she she'll, she'll get in there faster. I, I, that is because they've been trying to cancel her. <laughs> but okay, I'm sorry. Um, Close the it, show. Is that all you have for Monique? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Alrighty. One day we'll revisit her and give her a full episode. Maybe, maybe she'll have an update too. Hopefully. Lawsuit. Um, <laughs> so we do like to end every episode on a positive note um, with a form of entertainment that we relate to, that we like, that we're listening to, whatever. So do you want to go first since I went first last time? <laughs> sure, I'll go first. So let's see, let's see. So... I will tell you this. This is kind of stupid, but um, I used to play, <laughs> I used to play video games all the time as a child. Like I would say, if you had to assign a console that was like the cornerstone of my childhood, it would probably be the PlayStation Two. That's the one Alrighty. I played the most. But that brings me to this. I had been out of practice for a while. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That was scary. 
came for me. I thought I broke it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I have been out of practice for a while. And then I found this game called Mafia 2, where basically you just join the mafia. It's like a mafia GTA. Yeah. And it just made me feel like I was a, a child again playing old games like uh, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, Crash Bandicoot, all that type of stuff. Because uh, I haven't I haven't finished the game from beginning to end uh, in about over a decade. So I sat down and every week I played Mafia 2 until I finished it. And Is this recently? I'd say in the last couple of months, yeah. Oh, good for you. I know, right? It was on PlayStation 3 uh, because my, my brother hogs the 4, so couldn't do it. <laughs> Gotta love it. I think I played Mafia either 1 or 2, but it was like way back in the day, so I don't even remember. Mm. Shame. Shame, shame. Shame, 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 shame. Um, What's yours? Mine? Well, mine's not that exciting. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to really think. I wanted, I mean, it was either going to be Mafia 2 or a, a throwback to Crash Bandicoot. I love the Crash game. In hey. a second, those little apple, pineapple, orange watermelons. <laughs> Is that the, he's like a monster? Like he spins or something? Yeah. Taz, he's a Tasmanian devil or he's something weird. Yeah, I never really got into those games but i mean it's fun to unwind okay i can't believe you never played crash i mean i played i just didn't like it oh that's even worse (laughs) i'd rather you you ain't never played crash in your life don't you ever say you do (laughs) so my form of entertainment i was saying i was not gonna pick another song because i've done songs the whole time and you're a songbird i picked a song again um, <laughs> this time I did pick a whole album though. Um, so the album is Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. Ooh. I really love this album. It, I guess I started thinking about it because of this episode when I was researching Eve and it was like he was a rich kid. I'm like, oh my God, I used to love Super Rich Kids by Frank Ocean. And it just takes me back to when I was 19 years old. And I mean, Super Rich Kids is not, you know, a good song. It's about these super rich kids that just have too much time on their hands and they're just partying. I'm like, oh, my God. Back when I was 19, I loved that song so much. And now at 27, I'm like, this is kind of a depressing song. (laughs) It's like not, you know, to be put on a good note. And I just relate to it so much. And it takes me back to that time. But every song on the album, like, thinking about you i remember me and our friend kayla we would be in the car and we would just be you know she'd be driving and we'd just be singing it so loud and pyramids potato flew around my room (laughs) pyramids is good (gasps) forrest gump is good pilot jones crack rock Mm. um pink matter Mm. it's just it takes me back to a time where i feel like i was carefree Mm. and the most important thing on my mind was what party i was going to that night or while i was drinking that night and (laughs) so that is my form of entertainment for this week um that concludes our episode oh before we finish do you you have any opinions on I, I i don't have any more opinions there goes our episode bro <laughs> i did so bad on my part you said we got to end this expeditiously 
I was just going to say, I'm just jealous I didn't pick it first because that actually is a good one. I love Channel Orange. That is a really good one. Yes. So, Congratulations, yes. Jose. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to uh, us ramble this long. We appreciate it if you stayed for the whole episode. Yes. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, send us an email. That could be at saveyoursorry at gmail.com. If you want to contact us on Twitter, it's saveyoursorry, but it's spelled U R. So save and then you are sorry. Uh. <laughs> um, same with the Instagram. And if you want to send us a dollar to save your sorry, spelled just like the podcast at Cash App, you can send us a dollar or two. That's all for today. See you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.